1: So Ryan, let's dive into the mailbag. We actually have to start off with a few super chats. So we'll get to those and then we'll get into the rest of the mailbag questions
2: from Nikki D 21. Thank you so much, Nikki. Hi, Brian. Love the show. I emailed you an epic all caps. T-shirt
1: he did. Idea. I'm not sure what to make of it, right? I think it's a picture Uh-oh. of me with the beard and the hat on pushing my glasses up because I'm always pushing my glasses up. I think that's what the, photo idea the t-shirt t- t- idea and i was like i don't know how i feel about that <laughs> i love it but it was actually is uh it was it was pretty well done very, nikki is an art- artistic guy there's no doubt about that very artistic fellow <laughs> so no, Is I it going to be, in, yeah, gonna I, be I get, in
2: the uh the merch store sometimes I'm, I'm
1: not sure about that not sure about that <laughs> i've uh, never been a big fan of the idea of putting my face on anything uh but, uh, and, and they had another super chat as well, but I did, I thought Thanks I emailed so you back, Nikki, cause I was trying to ask a qu- follow-up question to your, to your shirt idea, but, uh, perhaps it didn't go through.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data
2: We had a nice super chat here from Brandon plesner Brandon, thank you so much. Brian Driscoll, have you watched film on the other 2025 quarterbacks I brought up on the board that I'd like to see Notre Dame look at if they miss out on Deuce Knight? Hassan Longstreet, Malik Washington, Achilles Smith Jr., Wyatt Becker, Alex Mansky, or Dash Byerly. Well, that's a great name, Dash Byerly. Wow.
1: Ryan, have you seen those kids I haven't watched any of those kids just yet. I will eventually get into some of the other quarterbacks on the board uh, once we know where Deuce is going. But the only other yeah. quarterback that I've watched so far uh, in the twenty five class that's on the I've watched the Carter Smith kid,
2: yeah, from, from Florida, Florida. Yeah.
1: Yeah. and I've watched uh, Bear Bachmeyer. Those are the only other twenty five kids that I've watched.
2: I, I have watched out of that group. I've watched the son Longstreet and I watched Achilles Smith Junior. Just because it's Achilles Smith Junior. Right. So Achilles Smith Junior. Anything like his dad? Um. See, I don't, uh, the only Achilles Smith that I really remember was the really bad Bengals version. Okay. Of so you don't Smith. remember so, the Oregon version? Okay. I don't remember the Oregon he, he was pretty version good. too well.
1: He was overdrafted, but he was a pretty good player in college.
2: Yeah. I, I mean, his son is six foot five and long. Yeah. And he's got oh, a, oh, then he's different arm, than his dad. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's yeah. really tall. He's like six five. He's a legit six four and a half, six five right now. Yeah. Um, As a kid, that's going to be entering his junior year. Hassan Longstreet's a little bit of a smaller guy comparative to that, but he's smooth. He's a really smooth customer. Um, Kind of like Longstreet. He's one of the guys I've watched. I've not watched Malik Washington. I've heard he's incredibly athletic, but I have not seen him, and I'm not really familiar with Dash or Whitebecker at this point.
1: Ryan, this 25 quarterback class is nuts. Yes. I mean, it is a really talented class. I've seen Bear Bachmeyer. Somebody asked the other day if he compares, and I wanted to ask you this, how mm-hmm. he compares to, to Tyler Buckner. And I said at the time, I need to watch him a little bit more to really study him. I just think in high school, the high school yeah. version, I just think they're a little different. Yeah. I think that, that bear to me has a stronger arm than Tyler did at that age. I think he's a little bit, you know, Tyler was had really quick release and, and, but they're both athletic where I said they have a very similar body.
0: They do like similar they're body. built
1: very similar Bear can run. He's not a runner. Tyler was a runner. I mean, Tyler was a 1600 yard rusher as a junior. Bear's more of a scrambler. I is probably the way that I would want to say it, where Tyler was a runner. But there's some similarities there. I I just I wouldn't necessarily call them too too similar in, Bear, uh, in my opinion.
2: Bear, Bear's arm strength on the run is shit, yeah. man. Well, and like how he, he runs, Ryan. Like he, he he's left. earns
1: his nickname when he runs around. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh man. That one throw he had though where he was rolling to his left and he he banged that. It was something outbreaking. I think it may have been just a scramble drill and he threw it to the sideline. I was like, that is a yeah. big boy throw, man. Yeah. Like that's not an easy throw. That's hard. And-
1: There's a couple on this highlight yeah. film where he climbs the pocket and just lets loose with a rope over the middle yeah. on a seam or a, and one was a seam, one was an over-the-top post. And you're like, I just have a hard, you know what I have a hard time with, Ryan? The 47
2: that's awesome it's man. just like well, I just have he, play, he played linebacker that. and running yeah. back his whole life and yeah quarterback still kind of a new position to him yeah. so i mean he just stuck with the 47 man he just yeah. stuck with it. that
1: that does that would make sense The him not being yeah. not the 47 part but him being new to quarterback he's more of a gamer right now like he's not <laughs> a kid that you look at and be like oh this kid's played a million gone to a million camps this is just a kid that grew up playing in his backyard and he's just now Part he, of the team situation. Like, he would
2: drive know. me crazy if I was a defensive coordinator, Meg. Yeah. He would just make so much magic out of nothing. He's like making doing...
1: stuff up, Ryan. I mean, you yeah. watch him play and back like, your ball, man. There's a play where he's like running and the defense and he just turns and like throws it back. I know
2: he did it twice. He and did you're it like, twice. What the heck
1: are you doing? He <laughs> did it, it twice, man. It a lot worked of twice. It yeah. worked. It uh, worked. So uh, he, he Tyler was more of a dynamic in structure guy. Yeah. in in high school because you can only compare them where they were in high school it's unfair to compare because i don't know we've ever really seen the the college version of tyler buckner of what he can be because of the injuries right but yeah it's going to be interesting but i i'll I'll need to brandon i'll get caught up on those guys at some point time i have not had a chance to watch those guys yet i i still
2: think it's so funny that you have two brothers named bear and tiger Bachmeyer, and the oldest his
1: name is hank I gotta know if Hank's name is actually Hank. You know what I mean? Like, I could see a scenario yeah. where, like maybe that's his middle name. Uh, I'm gonna look that up. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm I'd be very curious about that one, Ryan. Hank, very curious Bob, about that hair. one. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he and I'll tell you what he had a and you know what's funny is you know what their parents' names are. No, I Michael don't. and April.
2: <laughs> nice, nice. nice. It's very normal,
1: you know, I, names and yeah.
2: I, I I do think that there's like I, I think that they're part native american so that's yeah. where like the tiger and the bear came from yeah. or whatever mm-hmm. but yeah where yeah. did hank come from that's what i'm really trying to yeah. figure out I'm trying to see if he has anything i just see hank though i don't see any
1: yeah it just I says hank here it doesn't say anything like uh, about anything else but yeah he's also
2: at louisiana tech now transferred there this off-season, okay so yeah I,
1: I i think one of his first games of his career he led Notre, he led boise to a win over florida state at florida state you remember that yeah. A freshman, he was a, he he was a solid
2: player before he started he just, getting injured a lot. He had a too, ton of injuries, injuries, man. He just
1: yeah. a ton of injuries. Yeah. But um I I also like the fact that it was pretty cool when Hank got offered, or when uh excuse me, when Bear got offered, he put the thing up about his grandpa. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that, that was, was a was cool really story. Cool.
2: Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. He um I was actually talking to Bear about Hank and he said that um he said I was like, Oh, how's he like in Louisiana? And he's like, he's like, it's different. Definitely <laughs> different. He said he as ate a, some alligator or something like that yeah. one time. I was like, this is Definitely, weird. Different. <laughs> Definitely different. Definitely
1: uh, different. Let's just say that Water Boy is an exaggeration, but not by as much as you think.
2: <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> From California to Boise, Idaho to <laughs>
1: yeah. Louisiana. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No doubt.
2: Nikki D21. Um, Thank you again.
1: Yeah. Oh, wait. So yeah, I guess I I, I I got I'll, I'll send, I'll resend you the email, but it's not that it's not epic. It's just, I, I'm not a big, it's like when I named Irish breakdown, I didn't put my name into the title. I didn't put the name into the site. I didn't put the name into, you know what I mean? Like, and then putting yeah. my picture on a shirt, just, that's just not me. Like, that's just, not my style like I'm just not that kind of in your face with me you know I love me some me kind of guy it's just not me I it's a really cool drawing I mean it's really cool my wife might like I don't know my mom might want to buy it but I I just it, it's 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 a really cool idea just for me it's just it's because it's not really my face right it's like kind of like an outline almost like I'm trying to think like you see like the different podcast things of a, of a the, the podcast host it's like the glasses and stuff are kind of like it's it's yeah. it's an outline of their face, but it's not like their face. Yeah, you no, know I,
2: I know talking what you're talking about. about. Yeah, it's that
1: kind, that kind of, of thing. thing. It was really well done. It was very well done. It's just that's a lot, just of, not, a lot of like
2: the PFF guys get stuff like that. It's yeah, like, it's like just like not, I remember Mike Renner had one where it's just kind yeah. of his outline and his hair type of yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Just not. It's just not me. It's just. But I'll think about it. I'll think about it. It's really is and it's really thoughtful. And that's the thing I appreciate, Nikki. Truly, I truly, I do appreciate it.
2: We had a question from Ivor Gordian not said out of the freshman class, who has the furthest to go developmental wise before getting on the
1: fields? The whole freshman class. Wow. That's, so, good that's a good Joe, one. Joe
2: Wadding. Joe Cause he's 260 something pounds. Yeah. Probably. The, I mean, he's
1: got the, he needs the most work physically. physically. Yeah. Yeah. Who needs the most work fundamentally? Uh, and, and so we, I mean, pick Absher maybe would just because he needs, I mean, the kid needs to learn how to pass block. I mean, just never really learned pass block. Yeah. I don't think any of the defensive linemen are necessarily that far off of the skill players. It's Braylon James and Micah Bell need to have the go the furthest from a development standpoint, just from a technical standpoint. But the thing about those two guys is they're so explosive. They can still help you even when they don't know how to play per se. I mean, look, if you go into next year and, and Braylon James is still way behind the other guys. And, and, okay, fine. He knows how to run a go. He knows how to run a post. He knows how to run a hitch, He knows how to run a cross. That's enough. Get him on the field, right? Maybe not so much as as much this year, but there comes a point in time where it's like, this kid's just too good. And same with Micah Bell. It's like, look, I know he doesn't know what he's doing yet. But in this game, with that really fast guy, we're just going to say, you go cover that guy in the slot. And that's just, you know, run with him. Wherever he goes, you go. That's a bit simplistic. But you get the point, Ryan, right? Like when guys can really, really run, they don't have to be refined technicians. Jaden Mickey needs to be fundamentally sound because he doesn't have the recovery speed that a Cam Hart has or the recovery length that a Cam Hart has or a Micah Bell or Christian Gray has. They have to be fundamentally sound. Uh, Rico Flores has to be really fundamentally sound if he's going to be an impact player at Notre Dame. He can't just win on athleticism. Braylon can. Micah Bell can. Christian Gray can. Jaden Osbury can to a degree. So you can utilize them even if they don't necessarily have all the technical stuff figured out. But once that stuff comes and obviously they're going they to have a chance to be yep. Ryan, I really, and I know the class didn't rank as high and, and it has some fans down on the class because they obsess over where it was ranked and it was ranked this. I'm sorry. There are not five recruiting classes in college football that I would trade for this class of freshmen and just seeing them the last two days and I know for you, seeing some of them up close and personal, just not yeah. does nothing but confirm that for me. Like yeah. I've seen a lot of really good players come through Notre Dame. I don't know that I've seen a class that has the combination of size and speed and explosiveness and balance that this class brings to the table. I mean, it, it is. is Think about this: your your tight end is two hundred sixty two pounds, nuts, and your your offensive line. Because you could start this offensive line right now Good. as far as the five man group. It's Jagasaw at 330 at left tackle. It'd be uh, Christopher Tarek at what? 316 at left oh, guard. That,
0: yeah. It's
1: Joe Otting at center, who's, you know, 265, 270. He's undersized. But you yeah. make up, you have 314 Sam Pendleton at right guard, and you have 326 Sullivan Abbott at right tackle, and 6'1, 198 pound Jeremiah Lovett running back. With 6'1", 205, Jaden Greathouse, a receiver, 6'2", 200-pound, Rico Flores at X, and 6'2", 109. Actually, he's over 200 pounds now, Braylon James at X, or at, at boundary, at X. And Flanagan at 6'6", Yes, yeah, at
0: 262.
1: <laughs> and Kenny Menchie, 6'1", two, two, 219. Yep. This is a big group of kids, right? Drake Bowen's 235. Jaden Osbury's 224. Preston Zenter's 233. Armel Mukum 6'3", 280. Brennan Vernon's 269, I think, is what I saw. 6'5", plus 269. Devin yep. Houston's over two, almost 300 pounds already. This is a, size-wise, one of the biggest freshman classes. Like you'd mentioned earlier about the O-line. It doesn't yep. end there. Nah. This and it, But it's athletic. Yep. So I know the people that obsess over rankings are not as high on this class as they should. Ryan, I'm sorry. I think this is a big-time, gap-closing, needle-moving recruiting class, and we're going to find that out much sooner than people think, in my opinion. I agree. It's a really impressive group.
2: Next question is from Nick P. He says, will Chris Tyree get enough touches via offense and special team to win the Heisman? No. Uh, oh, no. No. No.
1: Um, <laughs> no, no I, I don't. I mean, I don't think Chris's impact is going to be like that kind of – let's just take the Heisman part out because, I mean, the, the odds of that – but I don't think he's like a thousand yard receiver type of guy. I think he's more of a, you know, if if you think of a dream scenario, it's like 700 yards receiving on 30 catches and then another 300 yards on rushing on jets and reverses and things like that. And then maybe some, some yard, you know, a bunch of yards on returns. So you kind of that production, I could definitely see Ryan, but as far as like to where he's getting to like 2000 yards of offense. And I mean, that he, he would need that. To be in a yeah. Heisman conversation, he need to be like that's around true. 200 yards. And I'm talking return game receiving and rushing. Yeah. he need to be like a 2,000 yard, 20, 15 to 20 touchdown guy this year for a Notre Dame team that's undefeated. Yeah. And, and it, hope that Sam Harmon doesn't have 4,000 passing yards to take away all your attention. Right. And votes. Well,
2: I was going to say Heisman is a very quarterback driven award anyway, right? Like yeah. not many wide receivers in
1: general <laughs> <right>. <laughs> win the
2: Heisman, And when they I mean, do,
1: we, we talked about this in the the a show last Smith. week, right? He, but his numbers were insane. He had like 110 yeah, like plus yards, catches. Um, yeah. yeah. In, in 13 games, you just, you just don't see that. You just no. don't see that at that position. You really don't I agree. I agree.
2: We now have a question from Andrew Gilmore it says, how is Marcus Freeman looking in terms of leadership in his second fall camp? Any notable differences between year one? What is the difference between Parker and Reese different temperament?
1: Way different temperament, way different yeah. temperament, not better, not worse, just very different. Tommy yeah. was a very intense guy. Uh, he coached like he played guys with a lot of fire. That's just how he was. Coach Parker's a lot older, more experienced, a little bit more calm, still loud and intense, but just a different style. Just, you know, it just just different. As far as Coach Freeman's leadership, I mean, I really don't know. I mean, we've seen two, two camps. I'll say he's very engaged. He spends a lot of time, a lot more in teaching time this year, especially during the turnover circuit, a lot more yep. teaching time. And we see him – we saw him today around the defense during the circuit. Yesterday he was around the offense a lot, you know, or you know, the, the, the defense a lot again yesterday too. I imagine it's going to kind of change up a little bit. He seems to be more comfortable in his own skin this year a little bit than last year from a leadership standpoint. I mean, there's we, – we have not even come close to seeing enough of what goes on a day-to-day basis after two practices for me to be able to say it's any better. I, I – or worse, or it just to have any opinion on it whatsoever. It just, we haven't seen enough. But I I, I think he, he is a coach who has a much more confidence that what I'm doing is going to work. Or last year, it was like every coach, Ryan, has that notebook of what I would do as a head coach. And sure. last year, Marcus Freeman implemented a lot of that. Some of it worked, some of it didn't. So I think there's a little bit more certainty of, this is what it takes to be a head coach this year than last year, which is going to likely manifest itself and improve leadership. But I can't see that with what we've seen so far. I, exactly. you know, that, that's my only thing. We're going to see that, Andrew, and how this team goes about how it plays. That's not something I can observe because you you could see a coach that's super involved and engaged and giving great rah rah speeches and practice, and he's not a leader as a, of a program. He's just doing the head coachy thing. You know, and and uh, it's going to be, we're going to see that on how his team plays, Ryan. That'll be the evidence of if Coach Freeman's an even better leader in year two. It's because yep. his team plays like a disciplined, fundamentally sound team that plays with a ton of fire and plays to its potential. That'll tell us that Coach Freeman has figured it out and he's ready to be the guy we all think and hope he can be at Notre Dame.
2: Especially trying to get that information in a 25-minute period of practice. Yes, is, yes. Yeah, very right. nice.
1: It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a Andrew, there's nothing wrong with your question. That's a great I'm question. Right. It's a, great it's a very great question. It's just there's no way that I can actually see that from a practice because the practice is just kind of like uh, such a small glimpse of what we're seeing. Right. Right. It's just such a little part. It's kind of like I think of it like this, man. It's the best analogy I could give. Practice is like an iceberg that's floating out in the, the water. You see it and like well, that's not that big. you know. But then you look underneath the water and you're like, that sucker's huge. You're only just seeing a little small part of it, right? Like practice is that little small part of the iceberg that's sticking out of the water. And there's all that other stuff that we don't see on a day-to-day basis that is every bit as important. Practice is like, when it comes to leadership for a coach, Brian, practice is like games are for a football team. We all focus on the games, but the reality is the game is a byproduct of a long journey of pra- preparation that leads to those brief moments of performances on games. Same thing with a practice when it comes to leadership from a coach. It's a small byproduct of everything else that you're doing as a football coach, and you know, it, then it all leads to what we see on Saturday. Saturday will be, will thing, be the thing, that how this team plays, not even wins and losses, just how this team plays the consistency in which they go about their business, the discipline, the toughness, the passion, the fire, all those things that he wants more out of this program. If the team starts playing to the things he tells us he wants it to be, that's when you know he's leading this team. That's how you know. Because you could win a lot of games and you're just more talented than everybody else. It yep. doesn't necessarily mean that he's leading them in any kind of phenomenal way. Lou Holtz's teams played like Lou Holtz wanted them to play when they were good. It's just, that's just – that's – same with Urban Meyer, Nick Saban. It's 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 to get them to play how you want to play the game, which is why Nick Saban is so focused on the process, the process, the process, not the result. It's the process. Yep. And I think Coach Freeman understands that. Now we're going to see how he can get it out of him.
2: We had a question from Mr. 2.0 says, how do you think Max Bola's experience could affect linebacker play this fall? Everyone was quick to blame Al Golden last year. And not point out James Laurinaitis's lack of coaching experience as a potential factor.
1: But my whole thing is, th- it's still that's still on Al Golden. If you've got a guy that's never coached football before, why are you asking him to be to act like a veteran position coach like you are? That's still on Al Golden. I will never ever blame a graduate assistant coach who's never coached football before. I don't care how good of a football player he was in the NFL or in college to as the problem for it. Because here's the deal, if if you're the, if your line, you're, he's the linebackers coach by yeah. his pay and by his title as well as the defensive coordinator. And so your job is to make sure the linebackers are prepared to go play at a high level. They are, especially since they're so important to what he does schematically. So if you're, if your linebackers are not playing to the degree you need them to because of your GA, that's your fault. Yeah. You're the defensive coordinator. That's on you. Right. Why are you asking him to do that? Right. You should, you don't give him that room until he has earned it, you know? And, and so like Mike Denbrock did that with Ryan Mahaffey. I think it's like in the NFL now, but he was a coordinator at Northern Iowa recently, but like he showed Mike Denbrock, he had the chops. And then the more he showed, the more Mike Denbrock allowed him to kind of be leading the group while he was overdoing OC things. But you don't say, Hey, hopefully it's going to work out. Good luck. And if it doesn't work out, I'm blaming you. You know, now to the first part of the question, Mr. 2.0, because it's the first part I, I like. The second part, I'm not going with you there. Like, I'm not blaming James Lernitus for that. That's on Al Golden. Same thing this year. If the linebacker play is not good, I'm not blaming Max Bullough. I'm blaming Al Golden. Having said that, I think the point of what you're getting at is valid that you're actually going to have a position coach neck this year that's going into his fourth year of. of being part of a foot, football program and <laughs> right. in, in coaching and has spent the last two years learning from Nick Saban. It's pretty good, right? It's pretty good. So to me, yeah, that's going to be an asset to me, but I'll say this, Ryan, from the practice we saw today, Max Bull and Al Golden were both very active in coach. I should have said this during the, during the, uh, the original thing. Cause I didn't talk about coaches today, mm-hmm. but Al Golden and Max Bull were both very engaged in the instruction of the linebackers today. So I'm hoping to coach Gold kind of learn from that mistake, if if that's in fact what happened, and make sure that that Coach Bullet is ready to take charge of it before you turn it over to him. Right. So that was that was good to see. Yeah, that was very good yeah. to see.
2: I mean, he definitely deserves a lot of credit if Notre Dame takes a massive step forward. I mean, what's right. the What's well, a new nominator that you threw in there, right? right. Like you threw in the different number, a different right.
1: variable, and that would be – And, and, he, and he, Max, D- Max Bull would deserve, deserve a lot of that credit. But also yeah. Al Golden will deserve some of that credit too because you can't blame him for the failures of last year's GA and then not give him credit. For, and I'm not saying you're doing this right. I'm just adding my yeah. additional point onto it. You can't then not give him credit when they play better. Because the GA does a better job. That's also on you as the defensive coordinator as well. So, um, I, I, I'm I, I'll tell you, I, I'm excited to see the linebackers play this year, Ryan. I really am. I just have a feeling they're going to be a lot better this year. They need to be. Maybe that's just wishful thinking more he, than anything else. Yeah. But yeah, the, uh, they need to be. And I'm I'm just, I mean, look, Al Golden's a prideful dude. I mean, I don't know a football coach that's not prideful in that in that sense. You know, you do do I. Is anyone actually think that Al Golden watched last year's defense and was like, yo, this was phenomenal. Like, This is great. I want to do this again, Nick. Now, is he He probably thinks differently than fans do, he, as most coaches inside. But do you really think Al Golden's like, no, nah, I just want to be as good as we were. Or does he? do you think he wants to be even better? He wants to be even better. Right. Right. And so he's going to make some changes along those lines as well. Now, they may not be the changes we all want as fans, but he's going to work to try to make it better. Will it work or not? I don't know. We'll see. I just have a feeling that it's going to be a lot better this year for a, a host of reasons.
2: Yep. Next question is from Nathan Milton. What's up, Nathan? Causing Harry Heastan to leave the first time or keeping Brian Van Gorder too long, which was the worst consequence of Brian Kelly? Oh, it's a kind of interesting question.
1: I'd <laughs> say, say Brian Van Gorder. Probably. I don't know that he necessarily – forced harry he stand to leave i don't think they got along well but they never got along very well i don't know that i would say he forced uh or caused harry he stand to leave certainly you know, didn't help
2: though certainly didn't. definitely help.
1: didn't help i mean he was yeah. a factor if, if harry he stand liked the coach he might have stayed maybe but i don't i just i don't want to put everything on like oh brian kelly sucked so the biggest mistake he made as a coach in my opinion was bringing brian van gorder back after 2014. I think you missed a championship opportunity in 2015, right? I do. Yeah, and I think you could you could put keeping Paul Longo around as long as he did as well hurt that with all the issues, the health issues he was dealing with. He should have tapped out much sooner, like we see with Matt Bayless. You know what I mean? Like you don't think you can do the job anymore? You got to tap out. And uh, you know, so to me, I just I still look back and I and I I was watching the Bama Clemson game recently, and I'm sitting there thinking like, Good Lord. If you put Notre Dame roster on that Bama coaching staff with Nick Saban, I think the end result would have been exactly the same. Championship football team. I just I think that was such an incredibly talented football team. And it recruiting rankings show it, compared to Clemson, the NFL draft shows it. I mean Notre Dame had more first, second and third round picks on on that played in those games. Now, I'm talking about guys guys that played that season, not five-star recruit that didn't play as a freshman that eventually became a first-round pick. I'm talking about guys that played that were regular rotation players. Notre Dame had more first, second, and third-round picks than Clemson on that 2015 team. And I believe more first-round picks because they had several first-round picks on that team. They had three on the offensive line alone. Yeah. Think about that offense in 2014, Ryan, or 2015. They had four first-round draft picks. Three offensive linemen, Will Fuller. You had a, you had a second-round draft pick, a quarterback. You had a third round draft pick at running back and he wasn't even the guy that finished, you know, with all the, you know, some of the records that Josh Adams had and Steve Elmer would have been at least a day three pick if he would have stayed with football because he's a true junior in 2015. So, and then, um, man, I just, boy, that team was loaded. Absolutely loaded. Yeah. Three first round picks on the O-line, right? You had McGlinchey, Stanley Q. Yes. I'm correct on that. Yeah. Seventh-round yeah. draft pick at tight end. Uh, I mean, that team was just – that team was loaded. That team was absolutely loaded. Oh, and by the way, you had Jalen Smith on the other side of the ball. And your entire defensive line in 2015 got drafted. Your entire starting – well, no, I'm sorry. Your entire starting defensive line except for Romeo Kwara got drafted, and he's been the best pro of all of them. Yep. Yeah. Right? So I think I counted something like 19 guys on that and on that team spent time in the NFL. Guys that played, not not backups, and guys that mm-hmm. played. I think it was like nineteen or something absurd, like that. Max Redfield should have been an NFL guy, but that that that's a different story for a different day. It's called self
2: sabotage in that yeah. uh, in that instance. Yeah. Salty Virginia Peanuts. Salty. Do players work out over the summer at home, or do they all rem- or they remain at Notre Dame? Uh,
1: they do both. Yeah. So when the seasons when the school year's out in May. They go home for a few weeks and then come back in June, early June. And then they stay through this year. This year they didn't get a whole lot of time home. Normally they get an extra, an an additional, like get like two weeks home at the end. But because Notre Dame has a week zero game this year, like Bama doesn't start till like next Thursday. They don't start practicing next Thursday. Because Notre Dame doesn't start the season in week one. They start the season in week zero. Week one is they're playing Tennessee State. So they're starting a little bit early. So it took away a little bit of summer break. So the, these these players have spent way more time this offseason at Notre Dame than they do at home. So, yes, good good question.
2: Which is a positive, usually, for yes. team bonding. So agree.
1: agree. Ty
2: Smith, can you give me your top five teams that aren't top dogs in their conferences that you project to have a better season this year? Who is your dark horse in those conferences? We did something similar to this recently.
1: Yeah. So can you give me your top five teams that aren't top dogs in these yeah. conferences you project to be better that to, to have better seasons this year? Who is your dark horse in those conferences? Well, we, we did talk about dark horses, right, Ryan? Yeah, uh, that, yeah, I think Big Ten, we said, was Iowa. ACC uh, was, who did I pick in the ACC? Is my, oh, North Carolina was my pick in the ACC for a potential right dark points. horse. Uh, SEC, my dark horse. I don't really have an SEC dark horse. I think, you know, I think, tennessee maybe but is tennessee really a dark horse if they kind of nah, sneak up and win i don't consider them a dark horse you know who could be a dark horse ryan is the team that i think has the best quarterback running back duo in that league and i'm gonna let you see, pick to see, see bingo yep okay. bingo
2: i think kentucky could be a little bit of a sneaky team too if Especially really was a real quarterback. oh i'm yeah. sorry
1: did i say that i'm sorry that was mean <laughs> But, uh, yeah, because Liam Cohen um, – Liam, you're right, Ryan. I, I snarkily o- talked over you, but you are correct. Getting Liam Cohen back is big for Kentucky. No doubt. Because you know one thing they're going to do, right? They're going to be pretty good on defense.
2: Yep. Like
1: right? That's just Mark Stoops, right? Yep. So, Kentucky, yeah, I mean, are they good enough to win the East? I don't know about that. I'd like to see them try. Big 12, Texas Tech I think was my dark horse. If I was going to pick one, because again, Oklahoma is not a dark horse. Texas is not a dark horse. TCU wouldn't be a dark horse. K State could be one. That's actually one I like a lot. K State could, but they're preseason they just won top the conference, 25. Yeah. yeah. But they just as won the far Cowboys, as like being a playoff con- caliber team, but I mean, that's a good point, right? I mean, how much of a dark horse are they really from a conference championship standpoint? They literally right. won it last year. It's a good right. point. Very good point. And then Pac 12, I mean, who could be oh, a dark Washington horse in Pac 12? Washington, Washington State, because I, I don't know if I consider our, our Oregon State with the preseason top 25 ranking a dark horse. And they just won like right 10 now. games last year, yeah. right? So, yeah, yeah. smacked yeah. Florida in the bowl game. I, I like yeah. the Washington State pick because I know you're really high on Cameron Ward. Most teams get transfers, they don't get them for a second year. They are. Yeah. That's going to be impactful, in my opinion. Yeah. Could be, anyway. Could be impactful because yes, he was, he, you know, he he started to get better towards the end of the year. He, he, he started did. to get better. Um, That team wasn't very
2: talented offensively last year. So I think a year or two under that, it'll be a little better. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: So five teams that aren't top dogs that could project to have better seasons. I'm trying to think. who eight. So let's Big Ten. I think Wisconsin's going to have somewhat of a bounce back this year, Ryan. I don't think they're going to bounce back the way a lot of people think that they are. Um, my my dark horse is this in the Big Ten is the same as my team that's going to have a better season compared to last year. I just think I, Iowa won eight games with one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen. Yeah, you know I, I think they're going to be a team that's going to be better than eight and five. W- w- but Wisconsin went seven and six last year. They're they're going to be better than that. I I think I think they're going to be better than that. I. I don't know of anybody else in the Big Ten that I look and say, oh, they're gonna be like, is Illinois gonna be better than eight and five with all the losses they had? I don't, I don't think not. so. Is Minnesota gonna be better nine and four? No. Nebraska at four and eight could be better, but I just need to see who they're gonna have. I mean, I'm I'm just not ready to jump on the Jeff Sims bandwagon yet. You know, what I mean? still think just, they'll be I still yeah. think they'll be better though. They'll but be better. Five and seven better or eight and four yeah. better. You know, yeah. Nebraska's got here's the thing, Ryan. Nebraska's got players. Do they have win the Big Ten West players? Probably not, but I wouldn't necessarily count them out. But I just need to see him get put together first. I just yep. I need to see it because it's like two years in a row. I kept waiting on Scott Frost to do it, you know. So the question we have to ask ourselves is: we're going to find out this year if the problem is inherently Nebraska, or if it was Scott Frost. I tend to think it was Scott Frost. Same. we but I we're going to find Scott that Raster. out with Matt Rule, oh, yeah. right? Because I think you you know I both agree Matt Rule's a much better college coach than he is an NFL coach. He's a oh, good yeah. right college football coach. Yep. And we're gonna find that out this year. Um anybody else like so so Pac twelve, do you see anybody that 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 you just think it's just gonna be a lot better than they were last year? I mean, a lot better? Dude had five teams yeah. that won ten games last year in that yeah. conference. I think Arizona has a shot to be better. And like Arizona State, they're going to be better than they were last year, but but five and seven is better than they were. Four and eight better than they were last year. They were pretty bad, and I don't know how much better they're going to be. Here's the problem with the teams that are – here's the problem that league. You had six really good teams, four really bad teams, and then kind of like two teams right in the middle in Washington State and Arizona. Yeah. So it's kind of like it's going to be hard for those teams at the bottom to get any better – Because the teams at the top, there's so many good ones and you have to play everyone. You can't like, oh, we got a break with our conference schedule this year. Like you could get in the Big Ten or the SEC. In the Pac-12, you still have to pretty much play almost everybody, just the way that that it is, right? So you look at those teams. Here's one, Ryan. I'll give you one. Arizona. Like, I like their talent. They've got a lot of young talent. I thought Judd Fish did a really nice job with that football team last year. And to me, I look at Arizona like you do Washington State. Getting the second year out of the transfer quarterback should help them. You know, he'll know the talent better. But how much is it five and seven to eight and four, seven and five? That I don't know. But they'll be better. I just don't know how much better. And I don't see any of the teams at the top like taking that big, you're now a playoff team jump. I just. I mean, how much better can Washington get than eleven and two, right? I mean, that's pretty good, you Smart. know. So, uh, and then SEC, anyone else that could be a lot better? I Vanderbilt, fighting the fighting. You think leagues. they're going to be in a bowl game this year, really? Um, uh, maybe.
2: Because yeah. they only I mean, got go to get bowl game better than last team. year. Yeah, they went five and seven. Well, yeah we had actually a seven.
1: question about that, Ryan. We'll kind of address that as we're talking right here. But uh, we had a question from Archer and he said, Vandy received the fourth most media votes to win the SEC. Five total votes tied with Tennessee. One question is why? Um, <laughs> because media people are silly. I mean, yeah. there's no justification for for picking them to win the SEC. Like none. <laughs> but I'm curious to see how they're going to be because they did have some tough losses personnel wise last year. But like the quarterback left, but he was going to get kids. beat out. I mean, he was yeah. already getting beat out by the other kid. AJ Swan was already had already kind of beat him out or basically. Yeah. So um they, they lost some kids. I, I hope here's the thing. I hope Vanderbilt's better because I really like Clark Lee and a good friend of mine coaches on that staff. And I like what he's doing at that program with some of the coaching hires he's made. I I have a lot of respect for Clark Lee. Just like I wanted Mike Elko to do well. I don't think Clark Lee's as dynamic as Mike Elko, which is, you know, but uh, as far as a coach, but I'd like to see him do well. Lee I, and I Elko like.
2: both getting extensions recently, by yeah. the way, which is pretty I know. Crazy,
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One earned it. The other, okay, sounds good. We'll see. Uh, a lot of people think Colorado is going to be a lot better this year. And I'm like, well, you know, a lot better, better than eleven. Sure. Exactly. Three <laughs> nine. Is that really better? You know, I just. But um, a lot of people think that they can make a jump this year. And I think, but I think to me, that has more to do with Deion Height than it does the roster. That, yeah. that roster is not getting fixed in one offseason, Ryan. I don't care who your head coach is. This that isn't, is and, this, and my comment is no, is no kind of anti Deion comment. I think you know one of no, I'm not an anti Deion person. It's mm-hmm. just, I don't think people realize how bad that roster was. I was terrible. And Travis Hunter and Shador Sanders aren't miraculously making that a way better roster i'm sorry yeah i'm, I'm not
2: on Shador sanders even being same. close to that guy to be honest same. we'll see we'll see.
1: same agree with you agree with you so that's a that'll be an interesting one ryan but um yeah i saw that i heard i saw a tweet about vandy getting five picks i'm like come on guys like <laughs> let's be serious that's just silly
2: tyson just oh, says, are, can yeah, you that's give... the same one oh, we just had gotcha. sorry how do you guys feel about Ryan Day talking about they should change the schedule about Michigan possibly every other year? <laughs> he shouldn't not play two possibly three times a
1: year. Talk about just totally tone deaf.
2: Yeah. Like, yeah. that's
1: my big thing with Ryan Day. How about you actually, I don't know, not get your brains <laughs> beat in by right? Michigan just this year and then talk about moving it? Like, the, the optics of this comment. Like, like here's the thing. There's validity to what he's saying. Yeah, There is. Number one, if Michigan and Ohio State are the dominant teams in the Big Ten, and there's a chance based on the way that you're going to pick your conference champions that they're not that they could play last week of the season and then again the next week. Yeah, I understand that's that there's validity to that. And not all rivalries play at the end of the year. Alabama and Auburn play at the end of the year, but there's no chance for a rematch in the past. Now that may change now. But a lot of rivalries, Ryan, play in the middle of the year. Texas, Oklahoma is sometimes late September. Always early October, Jacksonville, Florida, and Georgia never played at the end of the year, right? Notre Dame and USC only played at the end of the year every other year. I mean, there's plenty of rivalries that don't play in the last game of the year. There's also a lot to do, but it's kind of like you're disrespecting the rivalry the, the way you're saying it to me. You know, it's just kind of like some things are bigger than whatever it is you're talking about. You know what I mean? And I, but also the bigger thing for me is even if you could make a case that they should move that just the tone deafness of Ryan day, being the one to make that case is just like, dude, you're not winning point. You're not winning points right now with anybody. You're just, why are you even discussing this? Like, you know what? Look, I'm worried about this year's football team. I'm not worried about what the schedule is going to look like in 2024. I'm worried about this football team. Don't even engage that question. You know, cause like you're, you just got embarrassed twice. This looks like you're kind of hiding or, you know, sort of like, well, you know, this, we should have to play late in the year or whatever the case it just looks bad it's just bad optics for me just don't address it like what what guys this here's what i know fellas this year's schedule right is the one that i know we're gonna have this this is the one i'm worried about and what i know right now is that the game this year is happening at the end of the year that's what i know i know that on november 25th we got to go to Ann Arbor. And that's the only thing I'm worried about right now when it comes to Notre Dame and that team up north. Okay, cool. Right? Now, you can believe that they should move the game, but you have Gene Smith fight that fight. You know what I mean? Like, say to him, hey, Gene, here's why we should we should do this. And then let Gene Smith throw his weight around to get that move. It just looks petty. And it just, it's such bad optics. And it's just like another, Brian unf- Day starting to look a little Brian Kelly-ish to me in that, he just says and does things and things happen to his program. You're like, dude, that's just unnecessary. You know what I mean? Like, why are you engaging in that? I just, I thought it was a bad look. Foot. Yes. Yeah. That's a great way of putting it right. What are your thoughts on this, on his comments on that, Ryan?
2: Well, I didn't hear the actual comment. I just saw in the chat that they're just talking about moving it when it
1: is during the season. Correct. It'd kind be of like playing it like the middle of the year or something like he, what he doesn't want. He doesn't want to have a chance of them playing back to back weeks, which again is what I said is that's fair. Yeah. If you're the two dominant teams and the way the conference championship is being changed is it's no like right now, if Ohio state beats Michigan, there's no chance or vice versa. There's no chance they have a rematch the next week, right? When they move to the new schedule and the new, the way the big 10 is now, there is a chance they could play each other, but it's just, that's my whole point is that's not a fight. You as the head coach who just got dominated two years, number by Ohio state need to be sure. making right now, right? Let Gene Smith fight that fight. Yeah. You actually go try to beat Ohio state right now. That that's the key for you right now. Is try to beat Ohio State. It's very bad optics and just some of the people we never said that they're saying they should remove the game. Never said that. But the game is always for as long my entire lifetime has been the last game of the regular season. Right. And, you know, I would much rather make the case to get rid of the conference championship game than to move that game in my opinion. That's my two cents. But that's it was moving it, Ryan. It wasn't moving it. Yeah. Off the schedule, or maybe we shouldn't sure. play every year. It was more of just, you know, maybe we move it up a few weeks, or move it to middle of the season. Which, I mean, there are rivalries that play in the middle of the year. I mean, sure, I just mentioned some Alabama, Tennessee don't play early, or they don't play late in the end of the season. They play right in the middle. That's Alabama's number two rivalry, though. That's not their number one rivalry. Right. Michigan, Michigan State play in the middle of the year, you know. Uh, but man, it just it's just bad optics, just really bad optics in my opinion, and just not the fight that he should be fighting. To me,
2: yeah, well, I agree with yeah. that. That's Here's your, not the yeah. conversation point I'd be having right now. But. No,
1: and if somebody asks, I mean, because you can't control what people ask you, but you can control 100%. whether you answered or not. I'm just like, that's that's and that's that's the thing with me. It just it's just come on, dude. What are you doing?
2: We had a question from the world famous Scotty Nitro. I haven't seen you in a while. During the Grill and Chill, do current team members and even alumni get to mix with the twenty twenty five recruits? I also heard Jim Harbaugh offered to supply cheeseburgers.
1: That's that's a that's a that's a low blow, of, and funny. I like it. I, I like it a lot. I would definitely not let Jim Harbaugh supply the cheeseburgers because <laughs> I don't want to get put on probation. Uh, yeah, you know, or get suspended for games, and, but and they're uh, probably
2: unsanitary because you the, never know. 100 fingers, been you know, so. <laughs>
1: you are, love talking about that. <laughs> um, players can, yes, alums. I, I'm not sure how that works, to be honest with you. I'm, I've I, never heard there's going to be at least at one of those. I would imagine but... there's going to be at least one, two alums there, right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. James Flanagan. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, if, if the dads there, come yeah. with them. So is Bryce Young coming this weekend? I think he's going to be on campus this weekend too. So maybe it might be three alums on campus this weekend because they're there with their kids, right? I believe Bryce Young's coming this weekend, isn't he? Let me see here. Where Let's are the commits list? On the list. Uh, no, he's not on the list. No, no. He's not on the list. But uh, yeah, I, I I don't know the answer to that. I don't know if they can have alums there unless they're on campus for something else. But I, I remember there was one year where Jerome Bettis was on campus and he was around, but that I think that's when he was a student. Mm. at notre dame so it was a little bit of a different deal right not quite sure about that one but yes players will be around can, can be around because it's it's yeah they can be around next
2: question is from siggy 13 with color with colorado moving to the big 12 do you think the conference movement snowballs fast and if so what do you see that coming next i think two to three packed t- packed teams move to the big 12 by the end of the summer well, that'd be really quick
1: maybe maybe i mean cuz they're they're going to have it depends on when colorado can move that's the thing right like colorado's making yeah. moves now because of the state of their program i don't it would just it would it would just depend i mean what what could happen ryan is colorado moving ends up becoming the the death knell for the pack 12 which is it's right. coming but this speeds the process up. Yep. Like the Pac-12 is dying. It's it's just it's not going to recover. It's got a terminal illness, in my opinion. And this kind of move could be something that expedites it a little bit. Who do you take with you if you're the Pac-12, if you're the Big 12? I mean, you, Colorado, Utah, for sure. Do you go after the two Arizona schools? Do you try to beat the Big Ten to the punch with Oregon and Washington? I doubt that that's going to necessarily... Be effective, but do you try? For me, we've talked about this before, Ryan. If the pack, the Big Twelve wants to expand because they're at fourteen right now, right? And then they're going to go back to twelve after this year when Texas and Oklahoma leave. They're at fourteen right now, correct? Yeah, for twenty twenty three. I believe so. Yeah. Then Texas and Oklahoma leave, so this gets you to sixteen. So now you're on pay on now you're with the Big Ten and the SEC now, correct? Aren't they also all at sixteen? So the Big Ten right now is at fourteen, right? Right now, and then when you get when you get UCLA and USC, they're at 16. Am I correct on the numbers here? And then the so. SEC is at 12, 14 right now, and then they're going to add Oklahoma and Texas. Correct? I believe I'm right on that. And so let me let me just go here. Look here real quick at the Big Ten. The Big Ten, yeah, the Big Ten has seven in each conference, so they'll they'll be up to be up to 16. Well, you lose Texas and Oklahoma, you're down to 12. And you're looking to add four. So you're now the third sort of mega conference in that regard. Although the ACC is not that far away. The ACC is at what, 14, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think it makes a lot of sense to add Utah and Colorado. So you're getting those, that mountain, those two pretty big TV markets in the mountain ranges, right? Salt Lake city and Mm -hmm. Denver, I believe are both top 20 TV size markets. And then now you get the Phoenix, Tempe, Tucson, that kind of, area those two well, it's two areas tempe and phoenix are close by and then tucson's far away but you get the the phoenix area with the the two which is a growing i mean just look at census numbers california's hemorrhaging uh, citizens A lot of them are going to Texas, but there's also a lot of them going to, there's a lot of them going to Colorado. A lot of them going to Utah. They're all moving East and South, right? Getting out of California. There's a lot of them going to Texas. A lot of them going to Arizona. A lot of them going to, I saw that when I lived in Colorado, right? A lot of California transplants when when we moved to Colorado, Arizona's getting a bunch of them too. That's a growing market. And when we were out there, Mike, so I went to the Fiesta bowl in 2015 and then again, two years ago, And even then you could just see the new neighborhoods coming up, popping up, you know, in that area. It's a really growing area. So it may not be a giant TV market now, but it's going to keep getting bigger, in my opinion. So those are the the moves I think the Big 12 needs to make to me is is Utah, Colorado, Arizona, Arizona Mm -hmm. State. Not only are they good programs, but you're also getting the big TV markets, which is really what drives a lot of this. And the Big 12 needs some big TV markets. There's no L.A. market out there for them to get. But if they can get some of those, that mountain range and the, the Arizona ones, that could be a boost to their to their to their uh bargaining power when it comes to getting more TV dollars. What are your thoughts on that, Ryan? So no
2: Stanford is what you're saying?
1: No, I mean I don't I don't know that That's Stanford a brings That's a lot true. of value. Uh we've yeah. talked about that. Sense tends to upset some people when you say that Stanford doesn't bring a lot of value for the things that the current uh these deals matter, but the Big Ten supposedly wants Washington and Oregon. You know, maybe the maybe the Big Twelve looks at adding those two teams or a couple. I don't know, but uh,
2: Washington's yeah. an interesting one. I don't think I would pray, I, like if I was the Big Twelve. I wouldn't waste my time on Oregon. I feel like that's kind of a dead fight, to be honest. Yeah. as far as them versus the Big Ten, but I would at least talk to Washington. Maybe I mean that might be an interesting one. I don't know. the
1: The interesting thing there, Ryan, is I don't know what the rules are. In the, st- yeah. in the state of Washington about whether or not Washington and same with Oregon, can they even leave Oregon state and Wash state behind? That would be interesting. So to your point, would it make sense for Washington to then try to play that angle? So if we're going to, so the, I mean the big 12 to say we're going to get to 16. So maybe they don't go for Arizona or maybe they're going to say, we're going to go to 18. We're going to go big.
0: So we're yeah. going to
1: get, We're going to get Utah and Colorado because that's obvious. They we know they want them. We're going to get the two Arizona schools, but then we're going to go for the two Washington schools because there's a couple big markets up there too. But what we're going to do that the Big Ten's not willing to do is we're going to also take Washington State and make it a two for a two for deal. In order to get Washington, you get to get Washington State because I in it varies state by state. It's just basically it's going to be written into certain bylaws of of conference. There's some I'm trying to remember where it is i think it might be some of the acc schools like they can't leave without bringing other teams with them like they have to kind of be connected i don't know what it is in oregon and or washington i'd be very curious to find that out like can oh, washington yeah. even leave would, would it be a lawsuit could the big 12 force their hand or you know who knows how it would be would the big 10 would be willing to suck it up and take Oregon state and washington state and get into 20 in order to get washington and oregon there's a lot of that stuff that it, it, it's a lot more complicated than i think some people thinking it's just, just about adding two football teams to your conference. It's not quite that simple. Yeah. And we'll see we'll see what they're able to do. Like USC could just up and move cuz they're a private school. They can do whatever the heck they want. UCLA had to go through this process of getting and there were people trying to fight that from happening and of course at the end of the day the money the money won out but yeah. Who knows if that happens in Washington. I honestly don't know. No idea. I don't know.